welcome to Asian Girl Squad. We're the Asian girls that your mama wants you to bring home and we're the friends that are always down to get some boba. We all have our own set of opinions and stories that we hope you can relate to and join us for a laugh. It's your host, Tiffany. And I'm Erica. Tiffany here. Okay, let's get started. Hello. Hey. Hello. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about like something a little bit more serious. Like full disclosure, I don't, I personally don't feel like I'm an expert at this and the girls can speak for themselves too, but we wanted to bring light to like everything that's been happening about anti-Asian crimes. And I feel I haven't been educated in anything. And it wasn't until, you know, my friend had posted something on Instagram where that was like the first time I actually saw a news article about it because the news depresses me. I don't really watch the news and I'm guilty of not being up to date with current events that are happening. But just seeing that Instagram post and seeing a story about this man in California and San Francisco get pushed and this Asian-owned business get vandalized was very scary for me because I have a grandma who lives in California and she just loves to go on walks and stuff. And it just made me feel really scared. So I did my own research to kind of see like what was going on. And that kind of dug into like a deeper hole of what other things are out there that I don't know about because I've never learned about it. I don't know. Have you guys seen anything on the news and it make you feel any Way. Um, I've seen those videos and the news recently on the social media. I was shocked how people can focus on the hurting the old people like this. It's not only like towards the racism, but I feel like as a normal people, you should be respecting the old people instead of hurting the people with the like, ability to fight back to you. Mm-hmm. This is really heartbroken to see this news. I feel like there's nothing much we can do on our end, but I hope that like more people get educated and they don't, they can be more respect to each other. Yeah, I feel like uh, I've definitely been aware of a couple of Asian hate crimes or, you know, things that have come to my attention on social media through, you know, friends or through postings of uh, our our elderly uh, generation of Asian people, like getting hurt, getting killed or dying by other people. So these are innocent bystanders. And it's really sad and disappointing that they're targeting an older generation, as you said, Tiffany, because like, I, I feel like Asian people, like, we don't like to disturb the peace. We believe in uh, calmness. And I think maybe that a lot of people take kindness as weakness. So yeah, it is sad that a lot of people are targeting Asian people. And I think that it's unfair because, you know, they're defenseless. And a lot of the times, like the people who are hurting the older Asian, Asian generation are getting away with it. Like they're able to fly under the radar or they go to jail and then they get set free from bail. It's really sad. And I really think that it, it has evolved a lot from this pandemic. And I think it also stemmed from, you know, our president who wanted to call it the Kung flu or say that it's all Chinese people or came from China. Like now we have a target on our back. And I think that 
as we think about it, like it isn't taught in our history books. We're not, in school. We're not learning about our history, probably history repeating itself. So this is probably not new. And I want to say like, I definitely didn't learn about it in school, but I do remember going to Boston Chinatown Neighborhood Center in Chinatown, which was a like a, or a, a community organization where I went and they actually did teach me about the Chinese Exclusion Act. And we learned a lot about like history in Boston and how Chinatown came to be. I mean, I'm sure we can talk more about that. Mm, I think we all have very different perspectives. And like Tiff said, you might feel like you can't do anything on your end, but there's so much stuff that you could do by like sharing these things on social media, talking about it, like how we're talking about it, educating yourself, doing your own research, kind of going off of what Erica said is this Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882. I never even heard what this was through my research is where I found it because I definitely don't remember learning about this in history class at school. And I think it's a huge problem. And like Erica said, it's probably history repeating itself. And just from my own research, it clearly seems like that because it's not just this pandemic that where Asians first started feeling discriminated against. I guess we can go into the story of how the Chinese Exclusion Act happened. So back in, I think the 1800s, Chinese people came in large numbers to California because of the gold rush. And right away, there was discrimination and violence. They were driven out of town. They weren't accepted by Americans. They just felt the Chinese people were trying to take white people's jobs. There was many lynchings and killings. In 1871, the Chinese massacre happened where 10% of the Chinese population in Los Angeles was murdered and they got away with it, with manslaughter. So in 1854, the California Supreme Court case, which was basically they were just saying that Chinese immigrants were not allowed to testify in court. So that just made it so that it like this violence could continue to carry out and they were just openly being attacked by other people. This is my first time hearing this. So I have heard like when I was in Hong Kong, I've heard uh, when you are in a foreigner countries, of course, you are the, you're the minor there. Minority. So, yeah, minority there. And then you will feel like that could be happened that there's some Chinese exclusion in any countries like that. Mm-hmm. But that's my first time hearing this. So I feel like Right now, I'm lucky that I'm not in that situation now. We all hope that right now it's like the history won't repeat it. So how do you feel about like when you first heard about this? They came, I feel like they came to America for a better opportunity, such as gold mining and looking for work. And this is where they saw the land of the opportunity. But when they came, they were not accepted. And then when they were faced with all this hatred and discrimination and obviously it was wrong but they were coming to a country that allowed for it and then just to have this supreme court case that ruled that chinese people were not allowed to testify in court making it basically impossible for these chinese immigrants to seek justice for this violence that they had against them was very disheartening to hear 
Uh, furthermore, like after this Supreme Court case in 1882, that's when the Chinese Exclusion Act was signed by the president, which suspended Chinese immigration for 10 years and declared Chinese immigrants eligible for naturalization. And that that basically just means that Chinese people were not allowed to immigrate to the U.S., right? Is that your understanding? I think so. And then that further led to the Geary Act of 1892, which reinforced and extended the Chinese exclusion ban of Chinese immigrants for an additional 10 years. And it also required Chinese residents in the U.S. to carry special documentations to prove to them that they were actually, in fact, legally here in America. And immigrants who were caught not carrying, these were sentenced to deportation. And then the Supreme Court upheld the Geary Act. In 1902, Chinese immigration was made permanently illegal. The legislation proved very effective and the Chinese population in the U.S. was declining. And this kind of like led to like other acts in the future, like the Immigration Act of 1924, where Americans also spreaded this movement for immigration restrictions against other quote-unquote undesirable groups, such as Middle Eastern Hindu and East Indians and the Japanese. It's just like very sad that I didn't even know that this was happening. How do you feel? I don't know. How do I feel about after what you just said or just in general? Because I'm still researching. I'm like reading. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, how do you feel about, like, just this act? Like, or how do you feel in general? Like, I feel like it's a lot of information and there's a lot of research out there. And like you said, you're constantly researching. Like, where do you think you begin? Like, how do you even begin? Yeah, I feel, (laughs) I feel very uneducated. And I feel, even though I feel uneducated, I know that in my, in what I'm feeling is a, a lot of frustration a lot of hurt for you know my people um for the asian population out there who are affected and i think that like having to research our history will definitely give me a better understanding of how i can continue to move forward and i feel very you know blessed to be on this podcast with you ladies um to really dive in and share about like our feelings our past um what we hope for in the future for our fellow like asian americans and our asian history and our asian presence right now i think uh i know that what i'm feeling is definitely something i feel is important to me as i continue to grow into my identity and i think Part of my identity is involved, you know, not in just like my everyday life, but also like in my work life and how at Target with a lot of diverse individuals where I do have team members who are of Asian descent. But I think also when I look around, like most of my peers are not Asian descent. And I think this is my chance and my time to shed light on the topics that are being presented and and how like it's affecting me and how... I believe they should understand what we're all going through and how they continue, how they can best support me and our diverse team members. So I think just like really like diving into what I'm feeling and be able to dissect it and and really understand how I can move forward and, and educate myself and my peers. I totally agree with you. I think oftentimes we don't want to say something because we don't want to say the wrong thing and we don't want to sound uneducated, but reality is this if we don't do our research, then who's going to do it for us? Obviously, they're not teaching us this in history class. I'm sure a lot of other people can relate to our experiences. And I'm also very grateful to be able to share 
that experience with the both of you because that's what this podcast has taught me is even though we're best friends like we there's so much that we don't even know about each other maybe history affects me differently than how the two of you are affected by it so it's just really great to be able to have like this platform to just share and we just like hope other people also get to get some insight in their history not just like asian american history but just their own history so that they can feel educated and proud and be able to be loving of their own identity mm-hmm. yeah when individual when individuals are uneducated by about other people like i think that's when hate can be created or that's when assumptions and biases can be created until you really get to know a race or until you get to have your own perspective on on individuals that you get to meet um so i think we have to use our voice to rewrite history and as a lot of those hashtags say like love us like you love our food love the people like you love our our food so i think uh, let's let's just try to make changes baby steps Amen. And shout out to all those other people who have stepped up in their community to, you know, protect the streets, walk the streets for our Asian elderly, Asian businesses. I think this is the greatest time to be together and aligned. And there's no room for hate, but just love. See you next time. Bye-bye. Peace out. Check us out on our next episode.